Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, online metal promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at onlinemetalpromo.net. Onlinemetalpromo.net. Here we go. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. What's up, I'm doing a terrible impersonation of odors. If you want to talk like odors, you got to talk like this, you human. I haven't heard his voice in so long, I forgot what it sounded like. Humans, they break easily. They smell funny. I created them. (laughs) I made love to an ape. I put my wee-wee in her pee-pee, and I blew my jujitsu all over their Ho Chi Minh trail. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so bad. I quoted Odorous <laughs> on that. That was him in an actual interview back in the day. Are you serious? Of course. Dude, Guar Fanatics right here, me and Wayne. Rest yeah. in peace, Dave Rocky. Rest in peace. And uh, also, sad news. Rest in peace to, uh, I don't know, I can't remember the dog's name, but James James's dog passed Coco. away. Coco. James's dog has passed away. So everybody, please give your condolences to James. And uh, you're, you're going you James through your dog's, uh, yeah, James and Amanda. And you're going through your dog oh. issues too, but your dog is doing okay, so... Uh, yeah, so uh, basically when, when my family and I went to Dutch Wonderland in Pennsylvania for vacation, thankfully we were only in Pennsylvania from Long Island, uh, that Sunday that we were supposed to come home, we ended up getting a call in the morning that uh, they found blood in our dog's stool, Aloysius. Uh, oh this was Pet Smart in Farmingdale. Um, they brought him over to Long Island Veterinary Specialist, who's a, probably the best hospital on Long Island for pets. Um, Seven years ago, he had a conjugal graft meeting uh, corneal ulcer surgery on his right eye and they saved the eye and he's doing, you know, he's been doing great since then. Um, That Thursday, we found out that it was anal gland carcinoma in the left anal gland, which is basically cancer. The amazing thing is that like a week prior, he had his physical with his vet. He was good. So they caught the cancer early and, uh, the best news is that they were able to remove the tumor. They removed about 1.3 millimeters of tissue around the tumor. Um, currently, he's going through chemo uh, for six months. Every four weeks, he began last Friday. But he's in great spirits. He's got his appetite. He's got his demeanor. He was humping his pillow bed yesterday. If you're on my personal Facebook page, you can see him doing that. And, uh, you know, he's he's doing great. And the doctors told me that he's going to be fine. So, you know, but of, of course, I 
completely sympathize for uh, uh, James and his wife, Amanda. We're so sorry about Coco and uh, love your pets. That's all I could say. Love your pets. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, and, they make uh, you better know, humans. Uh, yeah, and James says it's, uh, Amanda's taking it really hard, which is totally yeah. understandable. So. Yeah, it's, they've had that dog for a long time. For 14 what, 15 years. years, something like 14 that. 14 years. Yeah. The, the, the fact that Coco made it to 14 years is a blessing. So, you know, uh, again, our sincerest condolences to the little Chris. Yep, sincere condolences. Um, so what else is going on with you guys? Everything else? Uh, Manny, what's going on with you? Everything else all right? Hey, everything's fine. I was just listening to some vinyl today, and I was seeing if you, any of you, own this hearing aid. Oh, what? Wait, something... what? Exactly, hearing aid. <laughs> it's not something I've listened to in a long time, but I threw it on today, and uh, the stuff I pulled out. I usually listen to my music on CD, but I finally opened this Alice Cooper Record Store Day uh, Billion Dollar Baby '73. If you have the uh, Deluxe version of Billion Dollar Babies. You already have this concert. Oh, okay. yeah. So when did they? When did that come out? Uh, the this uh, came out in 2018, 19 for Record oh. Store Day. Hmm. Matter of fact, I also have this one that I have not listened to. The Special Forces. Oh, I got that one. Yep. Oh, yeah. killer record. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I thought you meant. Allied forces from Triumph. Okay, never mind. I oh. forgot. We're talking to the Alice Cooper fan here. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. mistake. That was cool. Yeah. I like that one. It's just different hearing, you know, the the that band at that time playing those earlier songs. Kind of weird. Yeah, and then my favorite Motley Crue album. This is not the Leather Records version. It's my ver- It's my album I've had since I was thirteen. But there you go. Throw it out in garbage. Uh, now, the special- <laughs> <laughs> now the special forces record. I guess that was around the time that he kind of went new wave-ish. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember mentioning to you that Zipper Catch a Skin was uh, one of my personal favorite um, Alice Cooper records. Which I guess when that discography comes up, I'll be happy to discuss that. Well, my favorite Alice Cooper album from that era is Special Forces or Dada. Just great albums. So. Wow, you like cool. Yeah, and then I pulled out some live albums. UFO. Ah, the almighty greatest live album ever. Black Sabbath Live Evil. That's a great one. Aerosmith Live. Oh, is that the bootleg one? Yeah. Cool. And a bootleg, a real bootleg, a who bootleg. uh, What year? It says 1980, but they didn't play 1980. Dumbasses. And uh, Mm -hmm. ACDC bootleg. That's common. And finally, Michael Shanker Group. This is a record store day. Uh, what was this, two years ago? Anyway, excellent show. That's, that's uh, with the um, Gary Barden, Paul Raymond. Uh, yes. Cozy Chris Glenn Powell. and Cozy Powell lineup. Okay. Yeah. I guess this is their second album, maybe, because, or maybe their first Cry for the Nations. Is that number one? Number album That's number a debut one? album, yeah. Armed and Ready? Debut. Okay, so this is for the debut album. I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Is On and On on that? No, it is not. Then that's in support of the debut record, which had uh, the great Simon Phillips, who played on Judas Priest's uh, Sin After Sin. He was a drummer on that. Yeah, um, excellent drummer. Mm-hmm. So. I'm actually going to see Michael Schenker next month. Is uh, who's singing for him again? You told me Ronnie Romero from Rainbow. Oh, and uh, 
my friends in Images of Eden, the pavement records recording artists, they're, they're going to be the opening act on the tour. Yeah. And they're also going to be joined. Uh, I don't know if it's co-headliner, but second band on the bill is Eric Martin and Mr. Big. And, you know, a solo, uh, show. A solo show. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a very big fan of Eric Martin's voice. I think he's great. I mean, hey, Sucker for a Pretty Face was one of the better power pop songs of the 1980s in my opinion. It's right up there with Aaliyah. So. Oh, that's a song nobody mentions, Aaliyah. Great song. I'm uh, glad someone else does. Uh, thank yeah, you, Yeah, Donnie Iris, man. That's Donny right. Iris. Thank you, Rafiera, for even bringing that song to my attention. Yeah, that stuff has been reissued by Rock Candy. So is uh, Eric Carr's first album, if, if you're looking for a physical copy of that. I love the Rockology record. Um, I think it's... I. Eric Carr is the most sadly underutilized member of kiss i mean his drumming on their records was killer but i mean he was a great songwriter paul gee no. why uh well it's like mick jagger well no jagger and richards had a reason not to let the other guys write because they let bill my bill wyman did a couple solo albums you want to know why jagger and richards didn't let him into the into the creative uh, sphere of the band uh i'll send you a couple links and you make up your own mind they're horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, did Ronnie Wood get any songwriting credits? Uh, very few. Uh, it's uh, they finally uh, credit him for "It's Only Rock and Roll." Um, he got one for "One Hit to the Body." You remember that song? I like that one. That, Jimmy, I, that's not... Jimmy Page on guitar, by the way. Really? Yeah, I did not know yeah. that. See, I'm not a Stones fan, but there's Stones songs that I like. So, um, I think that's about it. He didn't get many writing credits. That's um, too bad. Well, I guess he hopefully he still gets residuals from Small Faces. No, no, no I'm sorry, not Small Faces. He was in uh, Jeff Beck. The Faces and the, the faces. faces. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, and what's going on with you guys' band, uh, Severed Angel? Oh my God, you don't even want to know. I want to know. Oh my God, no! This is so, so what's much going on going with on. that project? Um, the album is 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 being shopped around, and okay. uh, we're working on new music in the meantime because uh, we're we have, working on album number two. Yeah, working, Already? Well, I don't know. We're not, we're not working on album number two. You are working I, on album number two. Right? Well, we kind of were, but now I think what the idea is going to be in the meantime, while this album's not out yet. We're going to put out a few singles. I don't know, maybe just one or two singles or something. But we already have two songs done, right? I think. Well, one uh, song's done, and then one song's almost done well one song i just finally sent in my parts uh today i i did i cut my solos and i did uh <laughs> my my vocals my quote unquote <laughs> vocals um you'll hear me i'm the guttural guy um and um spoiler alert and uh we got another one but I sent three different ideas to Alex right now to formulate into an arrangement. So um, we, I think we had safe to say we already got five songs for this new yeah, in a matter of like what uh, a few weeks. So it, it's it, everything's going so fast with this. And um, I think that's got to keep on. putting out. We are the Kanye of heavy metal. We just keep Pretty putting much. shit out, but Pretty we just so, haven't um, released anything yet. <laughs> well, how would you describe the music? Uh, Wayne and Lou, how would you describe it? It's more of like modern symphonic heavy metal, I think, right? I call it music to kill your enemies to and make babies with. Wow. wow. Uh, well, you guys, we'll leave a link below so you guys can check out their version of uh, well, wow. No reaction? Jeez. 
I, I, cause I, I'm not sure because, you know, I, I, I made babies to venom. So I, I, I <laughs> That explains a lot. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I really can't explain what the sound is, but it's, it's like a modern sound. It's not like my other band at all. It it um, sounds like Severed Angel. That's it. I mean, you know, we definitely have our influences, but I, and I but I don't really think it sounds like anybody else. I mean, no, you know, I uh, I heard a couple of tracks and I liked your version of the Ghost Song. Was it Squared Hammer? Yes, yeah, Squared uh, Hammer. Thank you. And it was excellent. The solo by the way, is phenomenal. I, I'm not... Thank you. If I didn't think so, I just wouldn't say anything. So, But I liked it. I and, appreciate um, it. I can't take all the credit for that, though, because I did the first half, Alex did the second half, and then at the end, we both meet and do the medleys. So. Well, I played it for people who don't like that kind of music, and they really liked it. So, Killer. Uh, yeah. Um, I played it for Ghost fans, and... Ghost fans aren't always necessarily heavy metal fans. You know, they like all sorts of music, but um, because they've broken through the mainstream, I guess, which is shocking to me. But anyway, officially, they finally broke into the Billboard Top 100 singles. That's just, just recently. Wow. But anyway, point is, it's a good album. I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of it, and I'm looking forward to holding a physical copy in my hand. So keep us up to date, guys. We, we hope to uh, do that soon, and I, know, I think we're going to try to maybe do a Halloween song if we can get it done in time. I, I got to write the riff for that. There's one other project are, that I think we should do. Are you um, guys doing an original Halloween song? Oh, yes, yeah, original Halloween. Yeah. All right, yeah. and if you do cover someone, well, we already that did be, cover Alice yeah. Cooper. We did I know. Black Widow. D- Department of uh, no, um, Black Widow. Yes, was that Ralph singing that? That was yeah. Ralph singing with uh, the wonderful Lisa Mann of White Crone and Splintered Throne, who will be on the show next week. Next, as long as everybody's going to be on the show, because I, re- I canceled Troy for later today. You canceled? <laughs> I canceled him. Why? Did Why? You cancel him? Because I didn't want to do him alone, and and I figured Greg would want to be on with Troy, so. Yeah, Greg. Okay. Would, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to be on that one because I don't know. I, that, I don't I, know Troy, that I apologize. My fault. Wayne had to cancel because I have daddy daughter stuff I got to do after the show tonight. Yeah, no, we'll, so you know, uh, we'll we'll reschedule him. But uh, priorities. I'm we'll sorry, be, buddy. Next week will definitely be splintered throne. If everybody, not, everybody he's has gonna to be send here. them after you. All right, Wayne, go ahead. Well, then I'll come until Halloween anyway, so it's okay. There's two things um, that I think we should definitely discuss, though, Wayne, to tie in with our Guar discography that you and I did two weeks ago and get everyone involved. Um, there's a documentary on Shudder. This yes. is Guar. I think that would be a good topic to discuss for, um, uh, you know, our, our October ween. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Guar has a new album out that, right. you know, we need to review. So They do. They do. And actually, the, the physical releases haven't even been out yet. It's all been digital because, the, uh, you know, the plants and everything haven't gotten all their shit together. Oh, supply so, chain issues again, eh? Yeah, so oh, I haven't even great. received my CD yet. So uh, I haven't even, even listened to the album. So I don't even know what it sounds like. Never even heard a song. I reviewed two music videos for the new record on my channel, so um, I like them. I thought they were good. I'm, I'm gonna like it regardless. I mean, I like War. I like what they're doing now, so I'm sure they're fine. All right, cool. Uh, oh, I did get one new CD in the mail oh, today. Oh, yeah, what did you get? Well, not today, but recently. So you know, we've been on the Judas Priest Maiden kick, and yeah. we were talking about '98 Live Meltdown and how. You know, people were like, well, I wasn't crazy about Jugulator or Demolition, but I like 98 Meltdown. Well, got it. Yeah. <laughs> 98 Meltdown. You Have you had a chance to listen to it? Oh, yeah. I, I owned this at one point. But, you know, when um, 
things at my job at Viacom were tough where they took our overtime away and I was paying for my wedding. Um, I had a hawk like my entire CD collection. Oh, so that would, that would be no wedding if I had to do that. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. That's okay, because it's it's all coming back to me now to quote Celine Dion. <laughs> um, when you, uh, by the way, that was written by Jim Steinman. When uh, you get a chance, oh. um, grab the uh, DVD of uh, Live in London. If you see it cheap, you'll like it. So. Well, didn't you just find something in a dollar bin um, at oh, a I flea did. market? Yeah, he did. Uh, Wayne did. Yeah. I think I looked upstairs. Yeah. What was it? I forgot. Trick or, trick or treat. The trick or treat film, which the, he bought. Is that rare? It's it's the last oh, it physically released copy uh, on DVD that came out like back in 2002. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it rare, but re- it's not like, you know, a thousand dollar item. It's like, I think Greg said it's like worth 30 bucks or something. So it's not really a big deal. Well, it's going for like finding it for a dollar is, you know. No, it goes probably for more than that for fanatics. I don't know. They're not really releasing a lot of um, physical product for movies. I mean, movie movies, like there's a Dio documentary. I don't see a release date for that on DVD or Blu-ray. There's a David Bowie that's out in the theaters right now, limited run, Moon Age Daydream. Um, there's a few other things that just not seen released. So I just wondered. Is is those kinds of movies, documentaries, just going to be strictly streaming from now on? Music-related documentaries? Concert films, too. They used to release them all the time. Now you don't see them very often. Unless they're included part of the package of an album. You know? Yeah, they might like yeah. save it for like a, like a reissue of an album or something. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think they're slowly concentrating on streaming to drive up numbers for Paramount Plus and... Uh, you know, HBO Max and Netflix and Amazon Prime. I mean, it's insane. I still like the physical because, you know, for the longest time. And uh, again, I I have to thank uh, my friend uh, Tom Seymour, uh, the director of VHS Massacre, because uh, that whole documentary was about the, 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 the death of physical media as we now know it, because, you know, stores have been closed. Um, you could you could if you wanted to order something physical you know you have to go on like an amazon or a walmart and you're not always going to find what you want especially like a new version of it like you know and and uh, it it pushed me to really um pursue buying physical products because everything i like is not available on streaming whether it's audio or video um for example now typo negatives um dead again Right. is available on spotify and um apple music right but, you know i bought my copy on amazon i think i got it for like 20 dollars because i was just like i really want it i want a physical copy of it i want to hear these songs so but i don't regret doing that because i didn't think they were going to bring it to streaming again so mm. yeah, whatever hey, well that, i'm wrestling with buying the uh, quiet riot one and two with randy rhodes because i have bootleg of it and I'm thinking of just getting the physical vinyl and CD. Well, at least you know uh, if you get that many, it's official. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's but I mean, I don't. I and that's partly what I wanted, but it, they're already driving the prices up because they're not gonna. There's yeah, not a huge like, demand uh, for it. They're like two hundred bucks, right? For that box well, set. No, no that's the like creatures of the night box set. You're no, that of creatures like, of night is three hundred. That's crazy. Oh, forget no, it. Two hundred. I thought the the. I thought I saw somebody say two hundred for those. those I think the Randy. I think if you buy, uh, there is a Randy Rhodes box set where you get the two albums and two CDs. There's nothing special about it. It's just right. all packaged together. That's it. 
You just buy them separate then. Yeah. yeah, it's cheaper separate, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Kiss, yeah, Creature of the Night box set is, I think it's like five or six CDs, like $300 with all the. I don't want the bells yeah, and whistles. I just want the CDs. I don't, I don't need the stupid trading cards or whatever. I mean, that's cool. They do that, but I'm not interested in that. I'll probably just buy the two CD version like I did with the Destroyer thing. Well, I would definitely want to hear the concert that they did with Vinny. As much as I think Vinny Vincent's a wackadoo, um, I'm not going to lie, his musicianship, while a member of KISS, was incredible. I mean, I, I really, I genuinely believe Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up, and even Revenge, because he wrote three tracks on Revenge, are three of their best, pardon me, um, three of my favorite records from KISS. I agree so, with you. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I will I, never take away his contributions or his importance as a songwriter. Other than that, I think he's a wackadoo. <laughs> no, he, he's a whack job. He's definitely a whack job. So, Wayne, you want to start? Sure, let's All right. start. Uh, Iron Maiden versus <clears throat> Judas Priest, part 11. Uh, today's albums are Angel of Retribution and uh, Brave New World. So, we'll start with Judas Priest first, since usually that's what we do. Uh, Angel of Retribution is the 15th studio album. 15, that's a lot of albums. Uh, by Judas Priest in 2005. is the band's first uh, studio album since 1990's Painkiller to feature Rob Halford. The album debuted at number 13 on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts, uh, which makes it the fourth highest charting Judas Priest album in the U.S. The album was produced by Roy Z, who co-wrote the song Deal with the Devil. It won a 2000, uh, 2005 Metal Hammer Award Best Album in 2005 Burn Magazine Readers Pop Poll. It was voted Best Album of the Year and Best Album Cover. I don't think the album cover is that great. But uh, onto the album. Basically, we have an album which sounds like something they would have naturally came after Painkiller. Uh, I think they kind of played it safe a bit on, on this one, especially after the last two albums where uh, things were a little bit different. But I think they made the right choice to do so because it's what fans expected and wanted. Um, there's songs on the album that mention past songs all the way back to the early days, like Deal With The Devil mentioned songs um, uh, Deal with the devil mentioned songs about like uh, the blood red skies and take uh, take on the world. It's also very biographical, uh, talking about their past. Um, Demonizer references both the Hellion and Painkiller. Hellrider mentions Ram It Down and Tyrant. Eulogy references Stay in Class and The Sentinel. Worth Fighting For acts like a sequel to uh, Desert Plains. Uh, so with all these components, I think it made for a great album. It's probably the best sounding album they've ever done to this point. Um, and all the songs are really good. Even the ballads, yes, even Loch Ness is a decent song. Why they decide to write about a song about the Loch Ness monster, I don't know. But why not? It is it is. <laughs> uh, just coming off of like, you know, we're, we're back. You know, this is a new album. Why did they pick that? I don't know. But uh, it's Louis not called wrote a song called Godzilla. Judas Priest get away with a song know, called Loch Ness. They didn't like come back. You know, from a yeah, but they also didn't make it nine minutes long. But right, anyway, right. well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So anyway, it's yeah, it's it's an odd choice for a reunion uh, album. But it's it's hard to even talk or pick anything about any of these songs because I think as a whole, this album is good. You can listen to it from start to finish, and there's really nothing on here I would like say I hate because it's just everything is cool. Judas Priest is back with this, and you know Rob Halford was missed, and and it's just Judas Priest is back. That's it. So it's it's a great album, Manny. I love the album. I'm glad it was predictable. Um, 
actually the seeds of that were probably sown musically with how Rob Halford's first solo album uh, that he did, because that definitely sounded like a Judas Priest album. Um, right. What the heck was it? Resurrection. And again, like he did on this album, he would reference uh, Judas Priest titles and and the right. history of the genre, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's a great album. Um, he was missed. Again, I think if, if Tim Owens is given a little more input, those albums would have been better, but, you know, who knows? But this is definitely, do I do I think it's a safe album? Absolutely. But I think they, they had to play it safe. I think it was, they, if they had tried to come back with uh, Nostradamus, which we'll talk about, God, I'm not looking forward in to that. In two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, but when we talk about that album, it wouldn't have worked. Um, but I, I like the fact it was safe. I like the way it sounds. I like the I, I like everything about it. And I agree with you. It's probably the best production on any Judas Priest album yeah. that I can think of. So, Lou? Uh, Andrew Peters says uh, Revolution's riffs sound like, a lot like Jane's Addiction Mountain Song. I was just about to mention that. Really? All right. Well, he's, he's oh, well yeah, because it goes da 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 da. It's like, wow. And uh, I, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if they're Dave Navarro fans. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> um, Rob Halford probably is. I mean, he keeps up with stuff. I don't know about the other guys, but who knows? Good. I, I never thought about it till you just said that. It's a good point. Um, so. I love the production on this record. Uh, Roy Z really, I think Roy Z is a criminally underrated musician and, and, and producer. Um, somebody actually mentioned uh, in, in the, um, in the comment section of last week's episode, you know, how come we're not including the Bruce Dickinson and Rob Halford releases, you know, like the Dickinson solo records uh, fight to, and the Halford records um, because that's, that's different it's it, it, this this is specifically made in and priest but that being said if you ask me what i personally feel i think dickinson had the had the superior catalog um not so much with tattooed millionaire but definitely with uh balls of picasso um accident at birth and uh chemical wedding especially chemical wedding um roy z is definitely shines on that record as producer and as a guitarist. And, you know, it's great to hear Adrian Smith on that as well as uh, including um, accident at birth. And, you know, Rob did the right thing, getting him to produce the uh, resurrection record. And, you know, I think it only benefited priests on angel of retribution. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the best production. I think priest has had up until this point in their entire history. Um, songwriting, Jesus. I mean, Judas rising to start with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a Phoenix riding, rising from the ashes. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, it proved priest was back. Uh, deal with the devil. I, I like that song, but it reminded me too much of uh made in hell from the resurrection record. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Rob, you wrote the same song. Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worth fighting for. Um, you know, although it's obviously not, you know, I, I don't consider myself. Okay, so so like I'm not L G B or T, but I realize I know Rob Halford is, and right. um, you know, the fact that worth fighting for itself is possible is possibly the first song 
that deals with those issues post his coming out as a member of priest and it works very well within the context of this song and i i think that uh you know it, it drives a point home and he and he did a a great job with that it was it was great to see uh priest tackle on an issue like that and 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 speak about it in a self-empowering way um demonizer wheels of fire great songs angel um probably their best well, i think their only ballad possibly since uh, beyond the realms of death but uh it, it's a great follow-up. And if there's one thing I noticed about Priest's concert, they'll either play Beyond the Realms of Death or they'll play Angel, but they'll never play both of them at the same concert. Mm. Um, Hellrider, great. Love the way that starts out. Um, you know, not a bad record. And yes, I like Loch Ness too. So um, even though it's slow and trotting and nine minutes long, but who cares? I mean, Priest is back. And yeah, they play it safe, but they played it safe for the right reasons. They were here to show you that the metal god was back with a band that didn't invent heavy metal, but perfected heavy metal. That's just my opinion. Yeah, they definitely refined it. Loch Ness is just, uh, it, it's too long. I know critics uh, hammered it for its corny lyrics, but Judas Priest have always had at least a couple corny lyrics in their albums, so I, it didn't yeah, bother me at all. Right. But I was, it's just a little too long. I don't mind long songs, but it's like you said, Lou, it, it's plotting, it's slow. Nothing wrong with that, but it didn't really have, I don't know if it's worthy of nine minutes of, of uh, time. Well, they did the right thing by putting it at the end. And as far as the lyrics, it being corny, it's metal. Sometimes the lyrics are going to be corny, but you know what? The conviction is what matters. I mean, the way that they played it and the way that they sung it, there was conviction in there. That, oh, yeah. in, in my opinion, that's what wins you over. Like, it, it, for God's sakes, I love Three Little Pigs from uh, a Green Jello. And you know what? <laughs> I was convinced. I was convinced that that song was worthy of being a great metal song. It is. <laughs> I love that song. Uh, I never get sick of that song. But uh... any uh, any comments? Uh, just uh, Andrew Peters says Rob crooning to Angel ain't Rob crooning to a Hell Angel Hell's Angel Hell Angel I don't know what that means crooning I know what crooning means I'm not sure what he means crooning where's Steve Perry <laughs> you know, it, was, it was even one review that said, said uh, that like trashed the album just because of that Loch Ness song and, that, no, and I understand like they said you know this album was good and then once it got to that, it just took the rest of the album and just trashed it. But you have so many other good songs before that, and it's the last song. You can just let it go, you know. Like it, it song's not that bad. They came back at an interesting time. What year was this album released? Uh, two thousand five. Two thousand five. So that was the the short time of period where the entire history of heavy metal existed all at once. You had Black Sabbath, Deep Purple. You had um, Judas Priest back. You had New Metal, Death. I mean, at Wall at one time. Now that, of course, is not happening. Black Sabbath disbanded. Um, and also the, the uh, landscape of, of the music, like heavy metal music, stuff like Judas Priest wasn't popular in 2005. I mean, it's, it kind of still isn't today. But uh, 
I disagree with that statement. I, don't I was know. I, don't... I was at Ozfest 2004, and in my opinion, that was the first truly metal Ozfest. Right for I, you, because you're old. But for the younger crowd, I was twenty. See... I was twenty three when I was there. Well, you were still old. Uh, what? Who else was playing? Uh, on the second stage, you had uh, Slipknot, Hatebreed, Lamb of God, Lacuna Coil, Every Time I Die, God Forbid, go. Unearth, um, go. Otep, and uh, yeah, I don't like Otep, and uh, Bleeding Through and Atreyu. I know I'm missing some other people. On the main stage, you had Sabbath, Priest, Slayer, Demo Borgir, Superjoint Ritual, and Black Label Society. Jesus, that's a hell of a lineup. Yeah, the year before, it was like, you know, corn and uh, 2003 was definitely the James uh, Ozfest because you had like corn and uh, <laughs> disturbed and <laughs> love you, James, and uh, you know, and Chevelle and stuff like that. And, and I love that stuff too, but like, I like to, it too. But... To actually see metal bands do guitar solos again and like headbang and play fast, I mean, I was just like, my God, this is like yeah. a perfect metal concert. Yeah, yeah so, for us, because that's that's what we were, you know, we grew up with, but for the younger crowd they like they probably love the other stage you know? no but Wayne, they Wayne, dug priest dude they dug judas priest, they did, but... judas priest black sabbath iron maiden i'm not gonna include led zeppelin because that's classic rock but i never thought of zeppelin as a metal band i would be the first to tell you they're not a metal band no they're not a metal band but they definitely influence the genre there's no you know yeah i'm not going to deny that they influenced yeah. metal musicians and metal bands but you know that that's as far as it goes no like if you think about 1969 and we'll 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 do another we should do an episode on the history of it because i think uh would be interesting it but would be looking... cool to do like an actual year by year like you know uh retrospective that would be yeah cool. I, I, I would be up for it but anyway when you listen to a whole lot of love yeah today's standard is heavy metal no no yeah. but by by 1969 standards that's pretty damn heavy it's still pretty yeah. heavy but you know anyway that's a we'll we'll table that and we'll come back to it some other time but it's my opinion uh, and, but wayne uh, i think i think a lot of young people do like judas priest and black sabbath and no, of course they do i think because uh, of us are you know the parents the older people are turning our kids onto this stuff you know well that and not music is everywhere and right. and look at the shirt you're wearing acdc um for example i see people wearing acdc shirts that may not even listen to them i mean this stuff is almost oh, right. this, like this oh sucks. you know the kardashians <laughs> I, don't I, listen, I, I don't like this album fly on the wall. i actually like flying the wall but i think <laughs> I, I love fly on the wall i think that's a cool shirt my point is that all this stuff is now you know you go to walmart and these classic hard rock metal band t-shirts are being sold um and not just you know except judas priest i don't see those but you know black sabbath blah 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 um even Slipknot's fallen into that category, which is weird. I, I would have thought I'd ever see Slipknot t-shirts at a Target. Exactly. That's my point. It's just kind of weird they fell into that category, you know? I'm like, hey, where's your budgie shirts? I want a budgie shirt. <laughs> so, You'd um, have to order one overseas. Probably. Andrew Peters was talking about uh, Rob Crooning in the song Angel. Uh, Angel. Yeah. So, hell, Angel. Yeah, I guess it is crude. I don't know. I I think his voice is incredible. So yeah, it was. And, and like I said, it was. It's a great comeback album. Uh, probably one of the best comeback albums. I would, you know, I would say. I'll say it's the best comeback album since uh, Deep Purple's Perfect Strangers and the one we're about to talk about. So which would be Brave New World by Iron Maiden. 
And I would love that uh, if James was here to hear what he. Oh, I wish about he this. was here. All right, so this is the worst album. Hold on. All right, so this is the worst album I've ever no heard. No slow life. songs. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, Bruce Dickinson, <laughs> uh, the guy can't sing, and uh, you know there's not enough chugga chugga riffs and not enough do 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 in the bass line, but there's too much of in the bass line. Love you, James. Chunk of chunk of riffs. I'm a new metal fan, and this is not new metal. This is not metal. James, I love you. I'm just doing that to crack you up, dude. You can tell me to go fuck myself next week. It's fine. <laughs> we should have pictures of whoever's on, like if Greg's on or James ain't on, just and cut out the like a hole for their mouth, and then we put it on the screen, and we just look like we're talking. Oh yeah, them. we will just give their opinions, but yes. not really their opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Brave New World is the 12th studio album by Iron Maiden, released May 2000. It brings back uh, some familiar faces. Bruce Dickinson, who left in 1993, and guitarist Adrian Smith, who left in 1990. It's also the band's first studio album as a six-piece, as Jack uh, Gers, uh, who replaced Smith in 1990, remained in the band. The album artwork and title song are reference to the novel of the same name, written by Al... I can't pronounce that. Aldous Huxley, I guess. You don't know who he is? No idea. He, uh, the doors named them, the doors named themselves after one of his books. I mean, how do you not know this? I don't know. I don't read. Oh, God. Anyway, go ahead, Wayne. I'm, it's, I'm having a hard time reading what I wrote here. I only know about this. <laughs> I, I only know about this, Huxley, because, wait, did you write that or did you read it on Wikipedia? Anyways, um, a little bit of both. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. Um, I only mix. knew about this, Huxley, because, uh, uh, there was a Marx Brothers film, um, uh, horse feathers where his name is uh, um, Professor Huxley so uh, you know that's where he got it from no no clue uh, didn't it make you guys read that book in high school I mean I read it I would have read uh, it anyway. no I, I read uh, as I lay dying and I wanted to name a, my band at the time that until a uh, future metal band whose singer is a uh, attempted murderer decided to take that name so fuck you Anyway, <laughs> yeah, his wife uh, laid almost died. Anyway, go. No, he's on his third marriage right now. Who would marry that lunatic? Oh, <laughs> women. Anyways, sorry. Continue. I'm not even sure if I went to high school. Uh, and the upper. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, the album artwork uh, was done by two people. Uh, it was the upper half was done by Derek Riggs, and the bottom half was done by digital artist Steve Stone. So it was kind of weird, but I like the artwork. I, I love how they, I think the album looks is spectacular. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, you got yeah. Eddie looking over the city or whatever. So it's cool. Uh, Brave, but I believe that's, that's the last album they worked with Derek Riggs, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, Brave New World peaked at number seven in the UK. Uh, also, uh, since certified gold uh, in the United States, it debuted at number 39 on the Billboard 200. Uh, now my take on the album this is one of my top favorite maiden albums i remember getting it the day of release uh the person i was with at the time she didn't like metal really but i listened to this album a lot and she really got into it and we actually even went to go see the tour for this album and uh, i also got the bootleg of it as well a vhs i still have it to this day uh again very similar to the priest they didn't really set out to create something new they continued right where they left off of virtual 11 uh, but obviously with better songs, uh, some shorter songs too. Uh, the sound of the album is probably the best they've ever sound as well. Uh, one song after the other is just as good as the last. Uh, there's, all, there's all that signature Iron Maiden moments in every song. The album is almost flawless to me, except maybe the last song, The Thin Line Between Love and Hate. 
I don't like how Bruce's uh, verses sound in that, but the, the chorus I think is awesome and some of the other parts of the song. Otherwise, everything is damn near perfect with this album. I can listen to this from start to finish, even that last song. So, Manny? I love the album, and I'm going to have a hard time deciding which album I like more between both of them. This is a hard one. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, these guys, um, they both came with with their uh, A-game on. They both brought songs to the table that were really good. Bruce Dickinson, again, like Rob Halford, is not a yes guy, so there was a lot of probably creative tension. Uh, I like every song on here. I even like the last song uh, on here. If Iron Maiden gets it over Judas Priest, it's simply because I like, you know, I think Loch Ness was a bit of a misstep. Mm. But overall, excellent album. I didn't uh, write down the individual song titles, but, oh, and lyrically, way, way better than what they were doing with um, with Blaze. Of course, Blaze right. didn't write the lyrics, but... Um, and I got back to what they're, they're really, really good at. I mean, like you pointed out, Brave New World is actually a title of a a famous book um i just love the album and um surprisingly three guitar lineup works very well on there lou will have to speak on this i'm not sure what gears contributes he's not a bad guitar player but i can hear adrian smith very clearly dave murray very clearly um i'd have to re i, I didn't get a chance to re-listen to the album so i have to re-listen to hear what what solos gears takes i'm imagining he's got to stand out because he doesn't sound like the other two guys at all anyway that's oh, all man. i really have to say on it but i love the album so i'll just bounce off what you guys say when you start talking lou so to answer your question oh geez yeah, what was that? Feed, okay manny's feedback <laughs> no, no it's, it's okay so to answer your question um blood brothers is yana gears's biggest contribution to 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 this album and is indicative of um, future contributions that he'll provide. So, like, if you ever hear like those noodly no, m- melodic parts mm-hmm. that are played over um, uh, rhythm sections, that's right. Yannick. Um, right. You know, he definitely adds like that sea shanty type feel to those songs. And you know, regardless of what you think of him as a stage performer as a musician, as a guitarist, and as a songwriter, um, I think he does add a dimension to Iron Maiden's music that he does not get enough credit for. Um, Blood Brothers, I think, is, well, it's got a lot of significance for me, um, being that I grew up with two brothers, uh, lost one seven years ago, and for me... uh, my friend, my closest friends, you know, um, guys like Wayne that I've known for 20 years, you know, I consider them my, you know, my brothers. And, you know, like when, when I think about like the, the, the friends that I've made over this, you know, over the years that have meant something to me and still mean something to this day, you know, a song like blood brothers, that's kind of like what keeps me humble about it. So, you know, um, probably one of the best maiden songs ever. In, in in my opinion and just to answer your question what Yannick really contributes so like that's him that, that that's definitely uh his uh touch on their music it's funny you mentioned sea shanty type lip because he were he was a guitar player for King gillen gillen mm-hmm. band he replaced uh bernie torme uh yes and 
Gillen as a solo artist or Gillen the band, however you want to phrase that, he wrote those kind of strange little, you know, songs like that, Unchained My Brain and, you know, just really out there songs, you know, No Laughing in Heaven. If you're not familiar with that stuff, you should check it out. It's it, it's it's crazy. You're right, because if you think about it, like the one album that he did with Black Sabbath, lyrically, you, you can't compare it to anything they've done before or after. Well, no, no, you're right. <laughs> but I love Ian Gillen. I think he's a nut, but I love him. Um, oh, and it's funny that he hired Yannick to replace, you know, um, uh, Bernie Torme because aside from Ingve, who's a bigger Richie Nuts swinger than Yannick Gears? So, you know, it, <laughs> that's true. It, it, it fits perfectly. And he still acts that out to this day with a backhand slap on the uh, fretboard and, like, you know, yeah, hey, look like at me, <laughs> you know, like more used to do that. In, uh, in fact, Ingve. I have two feather yeah. straps behind me. Would you like to see me do that? No, I'm okay, not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, okay, so before we talk about Brave New World, though, we got to talk about this, which is the official return um, of Bruce to the band. There's a, uh, a hidden that? track on here. There's a hidden track on here, which yeah, what is... What is that? It's Ed Hunter. Why does it look weird? Because yeah, I, I sold the game. I, I got rid of the game, and mm-hmm. all I got is the CDs. So oh, I just so what's, that, what's that case, though? What's that, it, that, that booklet? This is Ed Hunter. Oh, was that the inside? This is the inside. Mine is different. Yeah, well, like I said, well, I threw out the original case when I threw the CD, uh, the game out because I couldn't play the game anymore. They stopped making computers with uh, discs. So just throw it out. The collector's item. You know how much that was worth? Four thousand dollars. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. You know why? Because it's on sale on Amazon for forty. So shut up. Anyway. Yeah, I I bought. If I really wanted it, I'll get it from Amazon. I forgot about that. Didn't they they re-recorded Prowler? Right? No, Killers. They Killers. Well, it's not even they record re-recorded Killers. Basically, they took the instrumental track, kind of like what Jim Green did on the Def Leppard record. (laughs) And they just had Bruce sing over it. Oh, that's all he did. That's all he did. That, that, I thought they record, recorded the whole damn thing. No, no, no. It's just Bruce's vocals in 1999 over a track that was recorded in 1981. Okay, that's bullshit. All right, I, I can't. But anyway, uh, I, yeah, continue. Um, so you know, this tour when they announced the Ed Hunter tour, which is the return of Adrian and Bruce to Iron Maiden, that thing sold out two nights at the Hammerstein Ballroom in Manhattan. No, I think it was either two or three. But in record time, now, mind you, this is in 1999. So what was big in 1999? Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, Corn. Um, Deftones were big, but they got bigger the following year with White Pony. So this is what was leaving the metal landscape. And all of a sudden, here comes Iron Maiden reunited with their with 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 classic members. Completely making people go, what the hell's going on? So, you know, I, I, as much as I say the reunion of Kiss showed that the heritage hard rock and metal bands was still valid, it took Maiden's reunion, I think, to show, hey, these classic metal artists, we still want them. Now, whether you want new stuff that they're putting out or you want to hear the old songs the way you remember them, it's completely irrelevant. The fact is... Bruce is back. I, I, 
I feel horrible that Blaze got the short end of the stick because, you know, I did not hate him in Maiden. I did not hate the albums that he played on with Maiden. I thought Virtual Eleven was a step up from X Factor, and I thought X Factor was a decent record. So, you know, as a fan, I try to grow with the bands. Right. Uh, but if it gets to a point where it's like I can't grow with them, then I'll just say, all right, at least I have the older stuff. Um, but Blaze is doing great stuff now on his own. And I think the fact that he had that experience with Maiden, it's made him a better singer and a much better performer. But, you know, Bruce and Adrian are key elements to the sound of Maiden. And Brave New World just shows that we didn't realize how much we needed them and missed them. Um, the only song I really don't particularly care for, the same one as you, Wayne, uh, Thin Line uh, Between Love and Hate. But other than that, I mean, to start out with The Wicker Man, even though it's the same riff as Future Real and it's the same <laughs> riff as Running Wild, you know, still a great opening track. Ghost of the Navigator, great second track. The, the the title track itself, Brave New World, awesome. Blood Brothers, awesome. Mercenary, killer song. Dream of Marriage is my favorite song on mm-hmm. the record. Mm-hmm. Um, just hearing them do something different. And when I mean different, yeah, you know, like Maiden starts, uh, Maiden's become more notoriously known over the past 25 years of like starting with slow acoustic interludes or, or intros. Right. And then like, you know, building up. But this was sort of like it hits you, then it goes soft. And then right when the chorus kicks in, it's like, you know, wow, how do they pull this one together? You know, mm-hmm. like it was just just so out of left field. And I, I and, and I praise them for their originality on this. Um, another great track off this is Out of the Silent Planet. I mean, really, really you, Manny, you're right. Between both of those albums, it's going to be hard to pick a favorite one. Or, I know you skipped one. over. Uh, you skipped over Nomad. You don't like that one as much. Well, I'm no. I mean, I, I have nothing bad to say about Fallen Angel or Nomad. I mean, the only song that I'm not crazy about is Thin Line Between Love and Hate. And in fact, I think I prefer Loch Ness to this as a closing track. But you know, <laughs> uh, other than that, I can't say anything bad about the record. And just to again to prove how successful Maiden were with their reunion, they sold out Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. which, you know, is the most famous arena in the world. Um, and, you know, most bands would be afraid to play Madison Square Garden because they either want to make sure it sells out or they don't want to play it at all. Nope. Nothing stopped them from doing it because they did it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's where I saw them. That's actually when I first saw them was at the um, Hammerstein, and then when they toured for this album, that's when they went to the Madison Square Garden. So, you know, well, first time I saw them was at Madison Square Garden. It was uh, the "Give Me Ed Until I'm Dead" tour. Ah, nice. Uh, Andrew Peters says "Mercenary Riff" has a slight resemblance to Prowler. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that, but you know. What do you expect with all, when all those songs mostly start in E? <laughs> Very true. And that, that, you know, don't, both, that, both. Don't, I don't, that don't bother me when bands go back to their something that they've maybe done in the past. I, I'm fine with that. I am too, as long as it's honest. You know, I'm yeah. okay yeah. with that. Um, 
one thing we should mention is both Judas Priest and Iron Maiden are class acts when they, when Judas Priest let go of uh, Tim Owens and, and Iron Maiden let go of Blaze Bailey, they actually gave them like a severance package. I mean, they paid them for X number of months worth of work or whatever. So they didn't just fire them, leave them out in the cold, um, which Black Sabbath do with their guys. Like, get the fuck out of <laughs> that. <laughs> or Deep Purple. You know, these guys actually um, gave them quite a bit. Of, so I thought that was pretty cool that, that, that there were class acts about it. And that's probably why you don't hear uh, Ripper Owens or Blaze Bailey ever trashing them. They might trash certain aspects. Uh, I know oh, uh, Tim Owens feels that Judas Priest are burying that burying that part of their history and maybe they are i don't know but i even, just think even steve harris for... yeah even yeah. steve harris still talks to paul diano i mean he even just helped him out not too long ago yeah he just helped him yeah. out not too long ago yeah, yeah. so I, those two men had bad blood for a little while there right. so yeah well let's remind ourselves that paul diano quit on his own accord right and uh but, you know, it's funny, like, you know, I, I know that in the past couple of episodes, we talked a little smack about Steve, how sometimes I think, you know, he provides a great lack of quality control when it comes to certain output of Iron Maiden. But, you know, he, and, and I mentioned this in the previous week before, which I think drive drove uh, James a little nuts. Again, James, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, Steve Harris is in a position where he really could do whatever the hell he wants without anyone's validation. But the fact that he is still good to Blaze and he's still good to Paul Diano and they also were responsible for the first Clive Aid to help raise money for multiple sclerosis and help out Clive Burr really speaks volumes about the kind of human being that Steve Harris is. And, you know, and I always say sometimes I could I can. Most of the times I cannot separate the artist from the person. Um, in the case of Steve Harris, I, I totally can. Just because there's certain maiden output that I don't like, uh, it would be wrong of me to put him down as a human being. Because I think, you know, doing what doing those things, particularly for those three members, you know, speaks about him a lot as a person. Now, as far as this there's one thing that I, I did want to bring up. There was a point where Maiden was getting sued by this one lawyer. I forgot his name, but he was representing people that Steve Harris supposedly ripped off. You know, there was the whole um, hallowed be thy name thing there. And Steve came out and was apologetic for it and actually said, you know, I had that as a placeholder in there and I totally forgot it was another person's song, which can happen, mm, especially yeah. if you write the amount of songs that Steve does. It could happen. All right. You know, but a former member of Iron Maiden, Dennis Wilcock, the singer, I think he was two singers before um, uh, Paul, Paul Diano, claims that the songs on the debut and Killers records were songs that he wrote. Oh, that's bullshit. I don't buy that bullshit for one second. That that's called the Dave Evans of uh, Dave <laughs> Evans, who was the original. I don't consider him the original singer of ACDC. He can go fuck himself. But mm -hmm. for years, 
he has been living off that he is the original singer of ACDC. And, and I don't think he's claimed he wrote anything, but. The same thing goes with the the um, the guy from Judas Priest. Uh, oh, Alan Atkins? Yes. yes but yes. Alan Atkins actually at least has a songwriting credit on an album. Right. He does get credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot more than the those two other douchebags do not because they didn't do anything. Uh, uh, Dave Evans, AC Bon Scott's been dead since 1980. That means that Dave Evans has not been in anywhere near ACDC except maybe at when he you know stood outside the stadium and couldn't get in since <laughs> 1973 or four. Dennis well, does Wilcox, he have any kind of popularity in Australia out of curiosity? No, no. He he I think he tried, you know, and it just didn't go anywhere. Like he, he even he even did a Bon Scott tribute concert a few years ago. Then the nerve. He's lucky Bond didn't come back and haunt him. Anyway. <laughs> Why would you do a tribute show to the guy that replaced you? That makes no sense. I suppose that, they were friends. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, fucking I, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the, uh, surprise um, guest, uh, Dave Evans. Uh, welcome, Dave, to Red Cell Review. We should get him. Bond was better. He would definitely come on the show. Bond oh, was way better. He definitely come on before Bond came on. Uh, what were you saying? Wait, <laughs> Wait, give me the defibrillator. Let's go. <laughs> you know, the, by the way, I have one question to ask. Do you guys know that there's a different version of Wicker Man? Yes, I do. And I have it. On what? On what, Lou? I didn't uh, know. On the video itself, there's um, extra the vocals version. in the chorus. I prefer that version than the one so that's on I. the studio record. So uh, I don't know Is why they changed it. It was at the single that had the Wicker Man. It came like a weird little CD picture disc yeah, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, that. you're making him go into the vault, man. He, He's going out. to the vault. He's going to the vault. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. Well, if it's it if it's in I, it's probably I got. I have oh. this one. This is oh, that's like a, the one. Yeah. That's the one. That's this is the one. Well, yeah, but there was also one that there's, I know what like you're a, talking about. There's one yeah. with uh, "Thy Will Be Done" like in the chorus. In the, yes, uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, but yeah, no. there's uh, extra vocals. If you go watch the the video, it's in the video. All right, I'll it's watch cool. It it's but you know what? I can understand why they did that because it, it never. I mean, really, never did that kind of a vocal before. But it worked. It works. It works very well. I think they should have kept it, but I think that's why they didn't keep it on the album. I think because it was maybe too different from the rest of the songs. That Who way. is the uh, producer of Brave New World? I don't have it in front of me. Is I, it Kevin Did you Shirley? not read? It, I mean, listen no, to what I read. No, you know I can't hear. Anyway, well, and I can barely read. Do you want me to read it over again? Yes, I do. Oh, for the love uh, of crime, it, it was the first album produced by Kevin Shirley. Okay, Kevin Shirley. That's it was the, actually the only one. That sounded good with Kevin Shirley. <laughs> All right. What what is the well, I guess we'll get into it on future albums, but I, I see a lot of people don't like his production and I have no issue with it. So is it just too dry? Well, we'll get into it. This album is fine. It's just um yeah. the, the the next albums, I don't know. He just gets crazy. I don't know. It just I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get to it when we get there. All right, but, yeah, uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. Stan uh, E prefers Bruce's solo version. Bruce's solo version of what? Of what? Yeah, what song? What I don't song? know. Stan's, Stan's very weird. Uh, Shirley, 
one of the worst things to ever happen to this band. Shirley, what is he just making stuff up? I don't know. No, no, he's talking about he thinks Shirley, uh, Kevin Shirley was the worst. Oh, person. Kevin Shirley? Oh. Uh, but not to this album. He did good on this album. Just the, yeah, the but there's a lot of people that feel like that, that he thinks they think Kevin Shirley sucks for Iron Maiden. Uh, going for Joe Bonanna, but these guys love him. They've used him for every album since then. I don't know. You can't trust what Stan says. One minute he's a photographer, there, the next minute there, he sells all his equipment. Uh, there what, is what? a track on the Best of Brew Dickinson called Wicker Man. Is that that's the same song? Though, it's not the it? same song. I don't. Hold on, let me see real quick. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Don't worry, right. don't play. It's not the same song. But uh, Stan, uh, you don't hear an issue with his. I don't hear an issue on this album or his production. On the later ones, yes, but it's not to the point where like some people bothers them to the point like they can't listen to it. It doesn't bother me that bad. Well, when we get to those albums, is it the production that bothers them or the fact that they've gone full out almost prog? The production. Okay. So they sound nothing alike, by the way. Yeah, no. I uh, I like uh, Kevin Shirley's work on this album, and I don't mind him on the other albums. Uh, you know. Yeah, he, I don't either. But some people yeah. do. Stan gets very upset, uh, but he says uh, Severed Angels greater than Iron Maiden post-1988. Damn. (laughs) Well, thank you, but I don't know. I mean, we've only finished one album. Oh, oh, wait, but he says the mixing is shit, so. Hey, Alex Rapetti is a great (laughs) singer and mixer. Just ask him. He'll tell you. (laughs) We'll, We'll beat him up on Friday. Uh, if he shows up, uh, that's Friday. Yeah, Stan. He's Stan's the one doing photographs. Next Friday. No, he's he's gonna come and watch us. Now Stan's the one that uh, took photographs and then all of a sudden just sold all of his equipment. Uh, that's what happens when you have Steve <laughs> Harris sitting at the control desk. The guy's hearing is blown out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it might be true, but I don't know. Oh, uh, um, but, uh, how I so you were at that maiden tour with Halford. And Queensryche as the opening. Act. Yeah, 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 yep. And and I forgot what? about that. Yeah, actually, that went also too on that show. I got. Um, remember when um, Bruce sang with Halford on one of the songs? The one you love to hate. Yeah, the one yeah, you yeah. love to hate. Yeah, there was people. I actually still have that cassette somewhere. There was people handing that out. I remember. Now, when you saw them at Hammerstein Ballroom, I heard that Clutch was the opening act. Uh, yeah, yep. Oh, that would have been kick-ass. I totally would have been. I Clutch opening for Maiden, for me, that's yeah, a bucket list okay. show. That wasn't too bad. Was well, I, I'm I'm very biased towards Clutch. I love them. Thunder Mother is opening up, and they're not bad. It's an all-female yeah. band, Clutch. Oh, Yeah, but it was like the first time I think I saw Queensryche. So it was interesting, but I, I felt they, they got uh, the short end of the stick because they played like really quick. You know, it was like maybe a half hour set. So I didn't really get the full Queensryche experience, but it was cool. You know, it was, still had Jeff Tate in the band. Wait a minute. Didn't Halford open up the show? I think Queensryche opened. Queensryche opened? I, I can't really remember, but I th- I'm pretty sure. Halford. I'm pretty sure Queensryche opened. Yeah, Halford was the new band, technically. And Queensryche sure were promoting their greatest hits. Uh, Andrew Peters, Kevin Shirley produced 2001's Rock and Rio. Great sound. The song, songs off Brave New World sound great in front of 250,000 people. Yeah, I love the sound of that album. I, I love that. I love that live album. That's, that's yeah. a great live album. I love it because it reminds me so much of the concert that I saw it, and I have better audio of it because it's a, the exact set list. 
Um, and well, Stan... shall we burn our wicker virgins? Sorry, can help it. <laughs> and Stan uh, loves clutch. That would have been amazing to see them together. Yeah, it was amazing, and you didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, would have So, uh, anything else? Do we got? Oh, we got to go by uh, the numbers here. Um, all right, what are we going to rate this album, Manny? Okay, uh, which one we start with? Judas. We're going to start with Judas Priest. Yes. God, this is going to be hard. I'm going to give that a nine. Nine. Uh oh. Uh, Lou, nine for me as well. Ooh, and I'm giving it a nine too. All right, Iron Maiden, Manny. God, uh, a nine, but uh, I'll give Judas Priest nine and a half, and Iron Maiden nine. Because <laughs> I, I love both albums, dude. I, I can't help. We're giving both nine. I'm not going back up to this. Change it. Uh, All right, Lou? I'm going to go nine. Lou. Nine. Nine. <laughs> and I'm going This nine is a two. tough one. This is this a yeah. wow, our first tie. Yeah. Tie. Now James would have given it a one for <laughs> 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 Judas Priest would have gotten the three. And uh all right. Uh we haven't had a tie yet. So the only thing I could think of to do to break this coin. tie, not flip a coin. Which one has the best artwork? No, that's not fair, dude. <laughs> no. Hey, uh, Judas Priest got the best artwork of 2000. What was that? 2005 in some magazine. So, oh, yes, because you and I are big Japanese readers of Bird. <laughs> I let my subscription expire. Cheese. Uh, anyway, hey, you yes, got to yes, love a magazine that spells Burn with three R's because they're that metal. That is freaking metal. Anyway, uh, it illiteracy. Metal. Yeah. But there's no other way to break this down unless we have, you know, James uh, chime in or or Greg. Well, Greg gave New Brave New World a nine. Do you see? Yeah, that? But he didn't rate Priest. Yeah, but he didn't rate the Priest. Yeah, he so. didn't rape the Priest. Uh, let's see. No, no not wait, rape no. the Priest. Rape the, oh my. God. <laughs> oh my God! What a great <laughs> the, album. Where's he? Oh, no, wait, they're, they're usually doing the raping. Sorry. Title. Where's Ian Gillen to write a song about that? <laughs> that what a great Venom, the reunited Venom album. Rape the Rape priest. The priest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the original lineup. So uh, yeah, so Greg says Brave New World Nine. I'm I'm seeing if he's on and we'll answer. I so mean maybe I we could, can break this. I could tell you which album's production I prefer. Oh, which one? Which one? Angel of Retribution. Same here. Interesting. Same here. I wouldn't go with that one. They're about they're about the same for me, but I think I like Maidens better. Well, I I think that might be the only legitimate tiebreaker. No, the fact that work. Manny and I believe Angel of Retribution has the better production. I guess. So it looks no. like Priest is winning this one. What does everybody else think? Andrew, what would you give these albums? What would you rank uh, Angel of Rep- Retribution? And what would you rank Brave New World? I'll wait. By the way, according to Maroon 5 <laughs> singer, Adam, what's his ass? Uh, um, yes, Adam Levine. Yeah, there are no hot chicks listening to metal. By the way, oh my God. Maroon 5, <laughs> he doesn't, if he had the moves like Jagger, he would be cool. But he does not have the move. If he was half as cool as the Rolling Stones, it would be Maroon 5 would be cool. But they don't because they suck. <laughs> all right we got so, two answers um, here. Are right, you want you reading them 
Yeah, what do you got? I'll I'll read them. Um, So Andrew Peters says, Brave New World 9, Angel of Retribution 8. Stan E. gives Brave New World a 7.5 and Angel of Retribution an 8.5. Guess what, best. Genius? Is that still a tie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all right, damn it! All the hell. Somebody text James <laughs> so he can tell us. Even though he didn't listen to him, he can tell him how awful Iron Maiden is. There's no chunk of chunk of riffs. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to leave this one as a tie. Uh, all right, now. leave it as a tie. We'll leave it as a tie for I, now. I, I but, but. I legitimately think the production question is the honest tiebreaker. All right, if we're gonna go no, with that, because I, I don't, I feel they're very even with each other. I don't know. I... Okay, so you mm. think it's a tie, but Manny and I both agree that Angel of Retribution has the better production. Okay, okay. but who shows? Because Kevin it? Shirley has that scooped up sound thing that he uses is, that is, I don't. That, is it that... is it my show or is it the Lou Mavs and Manny show? Yes, well, it's Steve Ladder. <laughs> you wouldn't have a show without a uh, I wouldn't have a show. I, 10 o'clock, I'm doing another interview without either one of you people. 10 o'clock. Yeah, well, that's Man. your fault for agreeing to interview whoever the hell you're interviewing. I'm going to bed. Screw that. When I can get things done for doing things for the people, I will do it, uh, even if I have to suffer. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if your interviewer wants to hear that you consider interviewing this person suffering, but go uh, ahead. They, they don't <laughs> watch this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's leave it as this for now, and uh, maybe somebody will come on and no, neither one of them are answering, and James didn't listen to the album, so we're just going to have to keep this a tie for now. All right, that's fine. So, uh, does anyone want to hear my rant towards a- a- Avril Lavigne? Adam Levine, <laughs> yes, I want to hear it. I want All right, it. so I posted this on my uh social media yesterday. I know I say all art is valid, that's a slogan I live by. All music is subjective. If you like it, then great. When it comes to Maroon 5, I find only one of their songs tolerable, which is harder to breathe. And on the rest of them, Adam Levine sounds like a member of Alvin and the Chipmunks gasping for air after inhaling a tank of helium. I apologize to any <laughs> fans of the Chipmunks out there. I'll never understand the love he gets. As far as I'm concerned, there are plenty other pop songwriters I prefer. Personally, I think he looks like a creep who will say or do anything to get laid. Sorry, not sorry. Every time I've asked, I've been asked if I like Maroon 5, I always say not particularly. And I always get the same response. But he's so hot. What the hell do I care if a musician is hot or not? And why should that determine my musical taste? I'm neither a Hilton nor a Kardashian. Last I checked, I listened to music with my ears, not my eyes. Yes, I realize I say that as a Kiss fan, but I love Kiss's music with or without the makeup and pyro. As far as him saying attractive women don't listen to metal. Attractive to who, Adam? You? Okay. I disagree with that statement. But if you're basing it solely on looks, then that's pretty shallow, which you're entitled to be. But last I checked, you're facing allegations on Instagram from three women of flirtation while married to a Victoria's Secret model. So maybe it's a good thing that you won't touch women who like metal. Or even better, they won't touch you. I don't believe the musicians should just shut up and sing. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. I'm not hurt or mad he said that. But it's like when Twitterati start wanting to boycott something or complaining about an original property that they want to alter. 
I don't think you have any business making a comment on something if you're not a part of said community to begin with and don't plan on supporting it ever. Personally, I laugh whenever I see that sugar video and that dude at the wedding gets up like, Maroon 5, that's my shit. (laughs) How much was that plant paid? Dude acted like Maroon 5 was Murphy's Law or something. That video makes Dawkins breaking the chains look like Michael Jackson's thriller. If Maroon 5 came to my wedding and announced, we would have dragged them out of the hall or thrown them out the window and beaten the living fuck out of them, then hawked their instruments on eBay. Personally, I have never met anyone who is a Maroon 5 fan. I'm not saying they don't exist. I just don't know anyone personally who says Maroon 5 is on constant rotation on my Spotify. That's just my two cents. But I would just like to add this. Yes, you may say that attractive women don't listen to metal, but guys in metal are not shallow towards their women. We appreciate them. And if there's one thing we can say about their women, our women, is that they're not brain dead and listen to Maroon 5. Fuck you, Adam Levine. Maroon 5 is music for frustrated housewives whose husbands probably have tiny penises and life sucks for them. And you do not have moves like Jagger, you fucked. They don't even <laughs> dare yourself. Yeah. Name, you your, imagine they watch name the view. a song after one of the greatest front men in rock history. Ugh, asshole. All right. And did Adam Levine uh, comment back to your, your post there? Oh, please. I'm not even on his radar. I don't care. But... <laughs> what do you mean you're not on his radar? You're like... <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, uh, let's prove that guy wrong. Uh, please send Lumav all your nudes, and we will get those sent right over to Adam Levine from Maroon 5. I'm a happily married man with a daughter, and for the and, record... Uh... For, the, for the record, um, I would never want to be a guy like Adam Levine, because I want to hold myself up to a high standard of men for my daughter. Fidelity is a huge thing for me. I hope he gets a lot of shit for saying that. Well, Lou, I you obviously so. do not have moves like Jagger. Anyway, go ahead. That's okay. I got moves like Barney Rubble. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, Apparently, he has not been on Instagram to see all these metal uh, women. Oh my God, because... did you see him with his tattoos, by the way? He looks like a walking Chipotle right. bag. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so uh he'll eat his words he'll be sorry well on a good note though again the 1000 subscriber to either the severed angel or rat side review youtube page gets an oh wrong copy gets an autographed (laughs) copy of the death leopard tribute album that wayne and i appear on okay incentive and you get to hear jim crean formerly of the Vinnie Vincent project that never took place. Sing backup vocals to Def Leppard karaoke. <laughs> that rules, dude. I mean, I that gives me that hope enough. for my tribute albums. I'm just going to do a whole series of tribute albums. I'm going to start with Maroon 5. Oh, for the love of Christ. <laughs> we, are, we are 162 subscribers away from 1,000. So 162 people, hit that subscribe button. And you will win one. The number 1000 will win that CD. So if you're the lucky number 1000 person, look how lucky you are. You're going to get that CD. I don't know. <laughs> Just fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that, 
That was beautiful. I, it I was. I, I should have wrote that. I, I got all emotional. I apologize. I should have wrote that down. Between uh, you and Adam Levine. <laughs> I also realized I'm never going to have moved like Jagger, but it's okay. It's yeah, all right. It, you know, it is what it is. You know, you, it is, you got it you is. got the hair. So at least you have that. The best part of being not being in a cover band anymore is the fact that I don't have to play any more Maroon fucking five songs. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah, uh, what a shame. Oh, 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 we what? got the tiebreaker. We got the tiebreaker. Okay. What do we got? Well, we according got? to Greg, yes, Angel of Retribution is a decent comeback, but a little lackluster. Seem to have some half-formed ideas. Eight. Iron Maiden wins again. Iron Maiden wins. Thank wow, God. Good thing we milked that for as long as we did so he responded. There yeah, we did. All right. I'll respond with a yes. <laughs> By the way, did I call Greg Frank? I apologize, Greg. That's okay. We have a guy named Greg at my job. We call him Frank too because he sounds like Frank. There you go. Um, so I just want to say thank you to a podcast. Uh, what's, the, ch- ch- what's the one? Your friend's podcast? Uh, uh, Oh, uh, chin up and tits chin up. Out. Yes, I, I I can't remember the name of that. Chin up tits out podcast. Uh, they mentioned us on their podcast uh, last week, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, thank you very much for mentioning us. And uh, do you have any details on their new show, Manny? Uh they have a episode that just came out uh, last week, and uh, it's up and loaded, and they're on Spotify, Google, and I can't remember the other, but uh, they're everywhere. Anyway. They're just, fun uh, just search they're fun. chin up tits out and i'm sure you'll find it and they're also on facebook and uh right. it's very fun to fun listen yeah tell them rat style review sent you manny lou lou do you have anything going on with your podcast well i actually i'm, I'm quite happy to say that i just released my recent episode after a month um part two of my interview with michael brandvold of michael brandvold marketing and three sides of the coin the kiss the kiss podcast um beginning a lot of good positive feedback from it once again thank you michael for um you know uh, engaging me and uh being on the show and uh thank you very much for the kind words on uh aloysius's recovery i do appreciate that normally i don't post private stuff uh, about myself on my personal social media because well there's just certain elements of my life that i like to keep private but you know um i know There's a lot of people for were maroon five but go ahead well fuck maroon five that was on my uh, <laughs> uh, music is live podcast page uh but you know uh michael was one of the first people to reach out to me and uh give uh wishes a speedy recovery so you know thank you for that sir and i got three more episodes that i'm uh posting up um one's with the author of that metallica book um the other one is with the band signal to noise and also with the owners of Moneybag sodas which is gene simmons's brand new soda brand which i actually have a shipment of that coming to my house uh tomorrow and uh what did i got i got one coke one diet coke one root beer and one cream soda so i'm looking forward to trying that and doing what, a taste test what, of it. what i got i got distracted with the comments Somebody said, thank you, Elements Michael. I, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what the hell that means either. No. What did they say? Thank you, Elements and Michael. Oh, I have no... Yeah. I don't know. No idea. Anyway. The, uh, I got distracted. Soda. Uh, <laughs> money grab soda. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, trying that and releasing that episode. 
Other than that, I'm, I'm also posting video of the Rammstein concert that I was at, and I'm going to have video so of the ghost. I, fuck you. I like Rammstein. <laughs> and uh, I'll have a video from the ghost concert that Wayne and I were at, too. So, you know, oh, I got some cool. good footage from that. Cool. Very distant footage, but that's why I have iMovie, so I could edit it and do some cool shit with it. Okay, zoom in. Zoom right in on Papa's crotch. <laughs> yeah thanks to those two idiots in front of us who kept standing in front of us i just wanted to yell down in front but you know whatever uh he and joseph is sorry he's just being stupid it's okay we're stupid as well uh, and uh i think that's it for tonight i had a very fun episode tonight and uh, unfortunately last week i mentioned there was going to be an interview with pv from rage that's not happening he never showed up and uh, the uh, K.K. Foster interview will be at a later time. And he says, thank you guys rock. Be well. You rock too, Joseph. That interview well. did with Armageddon. Armageddon. Is that his name? Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that, I just uh, put that up the other day. So go check that out. Very cool guy. Uh, his music is really good, too. Uh, if you like the 80s type uh, heavy metal, like the old school type, like Bon Jovi type stuff, you'll really dig that. And uh, he's actually performing his first show in California, I believe. I can't remember what he said in the interview. I think maybe next month or November. I can't remember. Very cool. Where at the whiskey or? I don't know. But there's going to be a bunch of bands on that show. I think Cage is going to be on that show and uh, a bunch of cool bands. So just go look up Armageddon. And Very cool. you should leave a link to Severed Angels' first single uh, below so people can check it out. Right. I will leave that in the description. But if you want to look at Severed Angel, go to Severed Angel Band on anything, pretty much YouTube or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you'll find Lou and I's new band there and see our single of uh, Square Hammer and be on the lookout for more new songs coming soon. Yep, and website will be up as soon as we take the band shots, which is next week. So yep. that'll be cool. Yep, they'll all be nude. Uh, and oh, uh, God, yeah, no. can't wait for everybody to see those. And we will see you guys next week. Ratsalreview.com. Hit subscribe, tell your friends, share the show. That's it. Come on, Demone. Uh, Stan E just saw Ramstein at MetLife. Amazing. No band can compete with these guys as far as live shows go. Ghost came pretty close. I don't know. Now I have high expectations of every concert I go to. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Later. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including... The flagship show, Ratsaw Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spin-offs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, the Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike, the Timo Toki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki, the BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam, and the Music is Live podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're, We're taking, taking over. over.